Step three. Got it! Oh, how good is Steph Curry? On one, James. Oh, you LeBron drops the anvil. Marines go to the deep end. It's time for Under the Hood Basketball Pod with Jay Hood. Oh. God. Welcome in to the Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood podcast. I am Jay Hood. Thank you so much for checking out our podcast as I talk basketball with you. All I ask you to do is like, share, and subscribe to this podcast, as well as those of you listening on the ESPN Chicago app, the Cap and Jay Hood feed. I'm on every morning with my buddy David Kaplan, 7 to 10 a.m. Central on ESPN 1000. Don't forget to download that ESPN Chicago app. If you're new to the podcast, especially when I talk basketball, it's very simple. I'm going to give you a big picture item I'm thinking about regarding basketball. Then I have three other things I'm going to get to as well, as Jay Moore producing this podcast and I will get you through some of the things you need to know about the wonderful world of basketball. So let's start first with this big ticket, big item I'm thinking about first, and then we'll get into the other three things. Number one, I'm thinking about the Chicago Bulls Ring of Honor. It was announced by Michael Reinsdorf, the CEO and Bulls president, that says, hey, I got an exciting idea. I'm going to have a ring of honor for the Chicago Bulls, honoring some of the all-time greats, you know, like Ron Harper, Luke Longley, Steve Kerr, Phil Jackson, Dennis Rodman, Scottie Pippen, Michael Jordan. And so on the surface, it sounds exciting, right, to be able to kind of capture the imagination of Bulls fans that lived that time and also for new Bulls fans, young Bulls fans that have not seen those championship players together in quite some time. Hey, as someone that watched the Bulls night after night play in a, on a championship level, six championships in eight years, it was so much fun to be able to watch that every night. I Every night you're watching terrific Bulls basketball, winning championship Bulls basketball. I can never take those games for granted because they were so much fun. So Michael Reinsdorf comes up with this ring of honor for the Bulls. And we come to find out that Scottie Pippen, Dennis Rodman, and the GOAT will not be at the ring of honor on January 12th as the Bulls take on the Golden State Warriors. Let me ask you a question. How in the hell can you have a ring of honor if the GOAT's not there? If Pippen doesn't want to be there because of uh, family issues with Marcus Jordan and his ex, Larsa Pippen, if there's issues there and Pippen wants to stay away, okay, fine. I think that Scotty should be big enough to be there for this event, but he's not. Dennis Rodman is not doing anything, and somehow, some way, he can't be there for this event. And, of course, Michael Jordan having to be able to have a video talking about how bummed he is that he can't be there for the Ring of Honor on January 12th. There he was with a background behind them talking about how bummed he was. Hey, I want to thank uh, Jerry Reinsdorf and Michael Reinsdorf for uh, starting the Ring of Honors. Uh, I want to congratulate all the other recipients. I am so bummed that I can't be there tonight, uh, but I don't want that to stop the fun that you guys are going to actually have. And believe me, I am very grateful and very honored um, to the fans. Uh, you guys have su- supported me ever since I stepped foot in Chicago. And even to the, today, I see a lot of Chicago fans all over. So I, th- I think we made an impression and, and changed what Chicago represents in terms of champions. Uh, when you, every time you look up in the rafters, I want you always remember you know, where we were and where we are. Uh, we 
we're always going to be champions. So thank you um, to to the fans as well as, you know, once again, I want to thank Jerry Reinsville for Michael Reinsville for, for doing this and congratulate the other recipients. Man, I'm bummed I can't be there, but I will always be a Chicago Bull, and I want them to continually do well. I like to see other banners in the rafters, and I hope the city can always be proud of the Chicago Bulls. Thank you very much. Have a great evening. What? What? He's bummed that he can't be there. Can I just tell you something? You know what pisses me off about this the most is that Reinsdorf, Michael Reinsdorf says that they announced this six weeks ago, that there's going to be a ring of honor, that they are going to have this and put it together. And they want to do this on January 12th because Steve Kerr and the Golden State Warriors will be at the United Center to take on the Chicago Bulls. So just do it because Steve Kerr is going to be in town. Are you kidding me seriously that's the reason why that you would do that can i just tell you something if i'm michael reinsdorf or if i'm jerry reinsdorf i would tell michael jordan pick any day on the calendar over the next 365 days and at that time we will honor you in the ring of honor the ring of honor should stop it would really start with michael jordan it should start with him how is it that Michael Jordan is not going to be there for the Ring of Honor. Of course, he has other commitments because he's a businessman. He's got family. He's got stuff going on. And everybody can't be available all at the same time, all the time. But you know what? The Ring of Honor, if, it, if the Bulls were classy, they would ask Jordan, when are you available? When can you come to town so we can honor you for everything that you did with the Chicago Bulls? The idea that they're trying to shoehorn this in six to eight weeks ago as a concept and say, all right, everybody gets get there, you know, as if Jordan's still a player and he's got to be there on time for the game. That's just nonsense. And I know some of you listening is like, well, Hood, what if he's not available during the regular season or in the playoffs? You know, it's Michael Jordan after all. They could do this in the summer and they could sell it out. It could just be him. It didn't have to be the team. It could start with Michael Jordan. They could slowly roll this thing out with Pippen. They could slowly roll this out with Bill Cartwright and all the other great legends, Johnny Red Kerr and Norm Van Leer and Jerry Sloan and uh, many, many more from the championship years. The idea that Michael Jordan says, I'm bummed, I can't be there. Well, how do you have a ring of honor without the GOAT, the greatest player in Bulls history? You can't have a ring of honor without the GOAT being there. You can't have a ring of honor without Scottie Pippen. Whatever you think of Scottie Pippen, Scottie Pippen was a great player. He became a great player with the Chicago Bulls. Dennis Rodman solidified this team because of his hard-nosed defense. Here's a guy that was a piston, and he became beloved as a Chicago Bull. The Bulls, once again, doing shit so ass-backwards, I just don't understand. It is nothing but a PR ploy anyway. When you have a ring of honor, you're just trying to curry favor with Bulls fans that are pissed off that the team is underachieving again. And so if nothing else, a ring of honor or ceremony of this gives you the feels again of the 90s Bulls when the team was good, when the team had a championship edge, when the organization was better. And so that's the only reason why you pull out this gimmick. So if you're going to do the gimmick, you got to make sure that everyone's available. And I, I just don't understand why it's got to be all these players. It's got to be Tony and Phil and Steve Kerr and Jordan and Pippen and Ron Harper and uh, you know all these other guys. To me, the, it should be Michael Jordan's night, number one, because he deserves that. I think about all the great Chicago sports athletes and think about all the ones that played basketball. It's only Jordan. He's number one. 
He still resonates today. He hasn't played since he was a wizard in the early 2000s. And yet his name still resonates today. So I just don't understand the Chicago Bulls. I mean, a typical Bulls doing stuff ass backwards. Well, we just announced six weeks ago that we're going to have this. And we know that I'm just reading uh, Reinsdorf's uh, quote here. People have schedule issues. And so this is just our way of saying thank you to the players and the staff. So that's what we're looking forward to. Do you have to do it? Just because Steve Kerr's in town, you do it in January just because? No, you wait for Jordan. If Jordan can't do it in 365, we'll keep pushing this down the road. Kick the can down the road until he is available because he deserves that praise. And, you know, all the stuff's happening, like, internally with Scottie Pippen and, and the family and everything else. At some point, Scottie will come back around because he deserves his flowers, too, for those championship years. And same thing with Dennis Rodman. How do you have a ring of honor without these guys being there? And, and all the other greats are going to be there, too, but nothing more important than Michael Jordan. Then there's Dennis Rodman. Same thing. Not available. Sending in a video. Didn't want to be there. Hey, Chicago. Dennis Rodman here. Wow, man. It's a sad day and a good day. Um, I tried to come in. I really wanted to. Really, really, really bad. But uh, I guess the weather has prevented me from coming to Chicago. I can't even talk. I'm getting emotional again because you know me. You guys know me. Uh, I really, really, God, my man. <laughs> if I was Superman, I'd be there in about 10 minutes. But uh, thank you guys for even having me on your mind. I don't, I don't know what to say. You know, I, I, I actually did something really positive yesterday. I actually reached out to my, uh, my brothers, uh, Chicago Bulls, and uh, I spoke to them. 90% of them, but um, it was great to see those guys, man, and that's what hurts me the most, not to be with those guys today. And um, Phil Jackson, love you so much, man. And all the people in Chicago in, in that era and in that organization, especially the players that really helped me to get over the hump some of those years, man. It was rough, but uh, thank you guys, all you guys, man. Love you so much, brother. And uh, my heart... My love is always Chicago Bulls and, um, you know, it's kind of big. Michael Jordan, all the guys, man. I love all of them, man. I love everybody. And uh, thank you guys so much. Keep me in your prayers and your heart, especially the heart of Chicago. Thank you guys so much. Dennis Rodman can't be there. The worm, the heart and soul of the team is not available and can't do there. He says it's because of the weather. He said if it wasn't for the snow that's been in the Chicagoland area that he probably would have been here. Again, you know, planning. You know, if, if, if it was because of the snow, if that's the reason why, hey, Michael Reinsdorf, make sure that Dennis is in town on Sunday or Monday to make sure that he's there for Friday night, whatever it took, right? I just don't understand it. It's just typical ass-backward Chicago Bulls. I mean, put it in Grand Park. Put it anywhere. People would, would buy tickets to see Jordan go into the Ring of Honor and, and to celebrate him at least one more time because Michael hasn't been around to be celebrated. I just think that's just a miss by the Bulls. The three things that's on my mind, let's start off with number one is the Chicago Bulls. And I will tell you that they are playing so much better basketball. I know I say that often in the podcast, but I am just really amazed at how the Bulls have been playing uh, as of late. 
So let's take a look at it. They split with the 76ers. They uh, were blown out by the Knicks. They swept the Hornets. And recently they beat the Rockets 124 to 119. And you know who really stands out amongst everybody is Kobe White. Kobe White, his average was 13 points a game in his career. Right now, as we record this, 18.5 points a game, 4.5 rebounds, 4.9 assists. Dude is in the top 40 in assists. He's in the top 50 in points. He's uh, been there to be able to get rebounds, almost five a game. He's shooting 44% from the field. Kobe White is proving everyone, including me, wrong. It is amazing when your back is against the wall and people say, ah, Kobe White, what can he do? What can he do? You know, without Zach Levine being on the team, even with Zach Levine being on the team, healthy or not, Kobe's getting his. His last outing against Houston, he had 30 points. Dude had eight assists and four rebounds in 43 minutes of play in an overtime victory against Houston. Uh, what's so is impressive is, is that the Bulls won back-to-back games in overtime. And so in that game against Charlotte on the 8th, on Monday night, 27 points and five assists and six rebounds. I mean, he was a double-double guy uh, against Charlotte, the United Center, 22 and 10, along with six assists. He has just been all over the floor and playing max minutes. I'm so really happy for Kobe White because you get to the point where you start to wonder, boy, if the Bulls didn't have Kobe White, I didn't think I'd ever say those words out of my mouth at any time with Kobe White being a bull. Boy, where would the Bulls be without Kobe White? And so I'm so happy for him because I don't know what award that he can win. I'm not sure how much appreciation he's getting around the league, but I think that people are noticing how fantastic that he has been as a ball player. Uh, for this team again with or without Zach Levine and Levine by the way in that last game for the Bulls he scored 25 points four for eight from three and he's getting back into the to the rhythm and the of things with this Bulls team as well but I saw Bill Simmons and whether you like Bill Simmons or, or if you don't like Bill Simmons it doesn't matter he's a basketball fan like you and I that's why you're listening to this podcast. And he tweeted something that surprised me. He surprised me and he tweeted. Bulls are a top six team in the East. Fight me. And there is these people that are on social media because when you put fight me on Twitter, people actually want to fight you or they want to agree with you. Most people are trying to fight him saying Bulls are a a top six team. Well, as we record this, they're in the ninth slot uh, behind, ironically, the Orlando Magic, uh, the team that the Bulls helped build in some ways. Uh, the Magic are 21 and 16. The Bulls are 18 and 21, and they are in, in the ninth slot. Top six team. I think that that's a stretch. I don't think they're top six, but imagine if they did finish that way. They keep going in this direction, the Bulls, that are on a three game winning streak. Uh, yeah, they can be able to get there. What kind of damage they do in the playoffs, I don't know. But I'm just happy to see the Bulls where it's watchable. Sometimes they've been un watchable if I could use that phrase and what what stands out to me number one is I mentioned Kobe White but there's a grit there that I really like with this team that we didn't see at the beginning of the season at the beginning of the season looked like the same old Bulls but there is a grit and you watch them and you don't think that they're going to um, you know quit playing hard and the light clicked when Levine was out Amazing how that works, right? And for Billy Donovan, I'm sure that he looked at the Bulls and said, okay, Levine's out. 
we can really be able to do something here where we can move the ball side to side. It's not going to get stuck. It's not going to be just one hole of a guy that's just shooting for a poor percentage. The ball's going to move. And what's more impressive to me than anything else about that last victory that the Bulls had was the amount of assists. I always look at assist to field goal ratio. I know that there's so many numbers out there in basketball, but for me, I look at how often is a team passing the ball to make others better. I know that sounds collegiate, even high school at times uh, when I bring that up, but I think assist to field goal ratio matters. When I see that Kobe White had eight assists, that's as valuable as the 30 points that he scored because he's making others better. The Bulls had 31 assists on 42 field goals made. So you just love that the team is being able to stay connected and move the ball. Uh, Vucevic and DeRozan, and we'll talk about him in a second, and Caruso and Levine, all those guys, the whole starting lineup had double digits offensively against this uh, young Rockets team. And so I'm just happy to be able to watch. If you haven't watched a lot of Bulls basketball lately, you really should take a look at this team because it doesn't look like the same where you could just expect an L like you saw earlier in the season. Um, The Bulls are playing much better basketball. I want to see more of it. Oh, speaking of um, DeRozan, I mentioned him for a reason. It's because of a piece I saw on The Athletic. I have it right here now. Theathletic.com. And they went through all 30 teams in the NBA – as far as their needs by the time we get to the deadline. Don't forget, we got the deadline coming up. So let's, let's talk about that for a second. So Darnell Mayberry, who's been on this podcast before, we talked a little bit about um, to him about the Bulls in the season. We hope to have him on again next month to kind of talk about the second half of the season for the Bulls. But he wrote at The Athletic, he says, the Bulls must operate at this trade deadline with all eyes on the offseason. DeMar DeRozan is an impending free agent. Patrick Williams is set to be a restricted free agent. If the plan is to resign both in the name of continuity, efforts must be made now to retool the roster. If the goal is to go in a different direction and perhaps rebuild again, this is the time to act. Doing nothing, as the Bulls did in each of the past two trade deadlines, is unacceptable. He is 100% right about that shit. He is is dead on about that, and here's why. You have to pick a lane. Standing still does not help you grow for the future or for the present. If you feel like the Bulls are close, and it's funny about the whole thing of trying to get into the luxury tax, the you know Michael Reinsdorf has said, I'll get into the tax if the team is winning. And I just think that's really cart before the horse. Sometimes you do have to pay a little extra to get more quality. You know, uh, when my wife is, is shopping and she sees something, she says, I don't know if I should get this. I said, you know what? It might hurt us uh, now, but the long haul, that's quality. You should buy that because... Hey, you know what? We have to work a little harder to be able to make up those bills, but quality costs. I say that all the time in my household. Quality costs. Let's get it because that item that you're going to buy should be built to last. And the same thing here with the Chicago Bulls. You cannot stand still. As good as the Bulls are playing now, I don't know what they're going to look like by the time we get to the deadline, but I know that the Lakers would love to have uh, DeMar DeRozan, and the Lakers would love to have Alex Caruso. I'm not saying that those guys should be traded today. I'm saying that that is a consideration. DeMar DeRozan, I said, I believe, earlier in the season that if the Bulls are going in the wrong direction, he will be the first to go. He's the oldest player on the team, and that he would be expendable to the Bulls. Alex Caruso 
I mean, not the greatest player in the NBA, but he just does all the little things. He's a Swiss Army knife. He'll defend the best guy on the floor if you ask him to. He'll uh, initiate the offense. He'll play defense. From the foul line down, he'll do it on the perimeter. He'll get on the floor, and he will um, scrape up his elbows and arms to try to get a loose ball. He does every little thing. He's often injured, but when he's healthy, he's on and does a lot of good things uh, for the Chicago Bulls team. LeBron misses him, too. so those are a couple of assets there. Patrick Williams, another guy here is a restricted free agent. You notice that the light bulb has turned on from him from time to time because he knows that he's trying to get paid. So let's keep our eyes on that. They go through the, the, all the teams. Um, so that's the thoughts from Darnell Mayberry. The Cleveland Cavaliers, Jason Lloyd talking about the biggest need at this point is uh, extra stitches and gauze. They've been injured a lot to make him wonder whether or not Donovan Mitchell is going to be there for the long haul. Um, you know, Darius Garland, Evan Mobley, what's up with those guys? They're still going to be out for the foreseeable future. Detroit, well, we know what's going on with them. <laughs> they got rotation players. They've lost a lot of games, too. Monty Williams is dedicated to a 10-man rotation. He's making the most money of any coach in the NBA. They need some work. They need some 3 and D wings, according to James L. Edwards III. They are lacking mightily in the uh, roster department, that is for sure. Indiana, they hope that they can upgrade their open, uh, kind of their open situation at the power forward spot with Obi Toppin. You know, this is still a good team. I hate to see Tyrese Halliburton get hurt a few days ago. Uh, that recent hamstring injury that he suffered, John Hollinger's writing about him uh, with the Indiana Pacers. And of course, the Bucks. Well, the Bucks are the Bucks. Did you see them recently? And they just destroyed the Boston Celtics like they weren't even on the floor. We saw a couple of big blowouts uh, a couple of nights ago, all on the same day. The Bucks were part of that as well. That shows you how explosive they are. Um, with Damian Lillard, even with Drew Holiday on the roster last season, they were on the search for better defensive players. They traded Holiday, they get Damian Lillard, and they have not really stopped being tough in the Central. So um, those are just a few things on my mind regarding the Bulls. But ultimately, I really like what they how they've been playing, but the deadline, let's keep it in the back of our minds. What are the Bulls going to do? Standing pat is not winning. Making a decision could be a winning formula for the Chicago Bulls. Number two. Number two is kind of a, a kind of a gumbo. Um, one of the things is the L.A. Clippers. The L.A. Clippers have really played well. Do you know they've won 21 of their last 27 games since uh, November 17th? You say, oh, Hood, why does it matter? You know what it matters? Because Kawhi Leonard is healthy. You know, he got an extension in season. He's 32 years old. Why did that surprise me? Did you know he's 32 years of age? It seems like we've been talking about Kawhi for a long time. I just didn't know he was 32. And he's been away. You know, he's had a lot of injuries in his career. And so to see him with the Clippers now healthy, especially in an era now in the NBA where it's not a lot of the, oh, you know, sitting out two or three games a week and all this other stuff, the load management, yeah, it's not really a thing. But Kawhi Leonard, the reason why I'm enjoying the Clippers when I put him on the uh, – when I put him on the package is, is that he's healthy. And so it makes you wonder, what about Paul George? And what about Ty Lue? And what about the rest of that Clippers team? Will they get paid? That's a big question on the table as well. There's something else that I want to mention too as part of number two, and that is Jokic of the Denver Nuggets. Do you know his number? His number is number 15. The same number that Carmelo Anthony wore when he was with the Denver Nuggets. 
Okay, so Melo has beef with Jokic and says, that's my number 15. Why does uh, Jokic get a chance to wear that? Well, first of all, Jokic did more in that uniform than Melo did. Melo, remember, he was a draft pick for the Denver Nuggets, and he's salty. He's salty like that uh, <laughs> That Jokic is wearing number 15. Do you remember when Jokic was drafted? I do. It was during a Taco Bell commercial. He was an afterthought. And look what look he's done. He brought a championship to Denver. Let me just say, Melo, when I think of Melo, I think of two things. Melo winning a national championship with Jim Beheim at Syracuse and his time with the New York Knicks. He spurned the Bulls to get the money and secure the bag with the Knicks. So even though he was with Denver, to me, his fine moments were in college and also with the New York Knicks, underachieving. Leave that man alone. Jokic can wear number 15 and he wears number 15 because it's about the team. That's what I understand. It's about team. That's his whole thing. Like it's the whole roster and it's the coaching staff. So it's 12 players plus three coaches is 15. That's why he wears number 15. Number three. Number three is college basketball. Let me get to this. You know, I always say to college basketball coaches around the city of Chicago, Anytime that you want to be able to make a splash, go ahead and make that splash. Make that splash. Because we always need a second or third storyline in Chicago. Yes, it's about the Chicago Bears from a football standpoint. But if the Bulls are not doing well, we'd love to have another story to talk about on a regular basis. And that should be one of the college basketball teams. I look around the landscape and I see DePaul doing what DePaul does in the Big East. They're 0-4 in the conference. My UIC Flames, who I love doing play-by-play for and being their announcer, 1-4 start in the Missouri Valley. Loyola 2-1 in the a10 and actually playing better basketball than they were early in the season but i'm focusing on the big 10 i'm focused on illinois that's 11 and 2 they're 2 and 0 in conference and the other team i'm looking forward to seeing a lot on my tv is the northwestern wildcats have you watched the wildcats have you seen northwestern this year now they got their ass whooped by illinois 96 to 66 which is not good for chris collins and in recruiting but this is a team here that's 12 and 3 on the season they beat michigan state and they beat penn state but the the game i want to circle is their win against purdue they beat number one purdue not once but twice in back-to-back years uh at welsh ryan 92 88 and of course they were able to get through a hapless detroit mercy team they i mean but the loss against chicago state hurt but they were able to pull, you know pull it up a little bit get better against DePaul, arizona state uh jackson state and again, wins against Michigan State and Penn State. I really like this team a lot, and I like their roster a lot. And you think about guard play, right? I mean, ultimately, when you get into the tournament, it is predicated on how well your guards are. And when I watch Northwestern like a boo-booey, I called um, UIC against Northwestern last year, and they spanked UIC. They spanked us bad. And I looked at them up close and personal. And I watched Boo Booey, uh, one of the guards on this team. He is a fantastic. The size of Barnheiser uh, and looking at their bench depth as well, like a big guy like Nicholson on the inside, Martinelli. I mean, Chris Collins has a really good team. And again, 3-1 and one in conference as we record this. But look at the college basketball landscape. Again, there's some mediocre, less than mediocre, but I have my eyes on the Big Ten as well, Northwestern uh, as well as Illinois. But Northwestern, though, they really impressed me for a team that I grew up with 
watching Northwestern and how hapless they were and watching how they are now in the Chris Collins. They have turned things around. So congratulations to them. And, of course, Underwood at Illinois, not a surprise. The reason why that I'm hyping up Northwestern is because, again, they've, there's been so much ineptitude over the years until Chris Collins got there. The team's better. But with Underwood, I mean, there's changes within the team every year because of the portal and you got to keep moving parts underwood keeps it steady for illinois another solid team even though there's some controversy on campus with one of their big players and shannon um still marcus damask who i saw at uh, siu um, for the salukis transferred goes to uh, illinois and pays dividends immediately for uh the illini Good, solid team, the Fighting Illini for sure. All right, we thank you so much for checking out the Under the Hood podcast as well. Uh, hey, listen, you love basketball, make sure you like, share, and subscribe Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Thank you, Jay Moore, for producing this show, helping me out in a big way, not just now, but all the time uh, on our Cap and Jay Hood show. And I will talk to you next time, next week, another, we'll have a special guest and talk more basketball with you on Under the Hood with me, Jay Hood. 